Welcome to episode 34 of the Youth Ministry Podcast for Volunteers. If you're a volunteer who works with teenagers, this podcast is for you. You are in the right place, and I'm just so glad that you've taken the time uh, to listen or to watch today. Hey, I'm Chris Trent. I work with Next Gen Ministry for the Georgia Baptist Mission Board, and uh, I've worked with teenagers for a little over 30 years now, and I simply love pointing them to Jesus. But I'm also super excited because every week I have my co-host that jumps in with me, uh, she's super awesome. Jennifer Fletcher, welcome back. Welcome, welcome to episode 34. How's life? How's the kid? Life's uh, good. The multiple kids. kids. Kids are good. I am Jennifer. I love getting to host this with you each week. Um, if you don't know me, I worked vocationally in ministry for a while and then had babies. And again, teenagers and toddlers all full time was too much full time. And so now I get to volunteer with students. And so I understand. Yeah, you're headed you to a listening. girls weekend this weekend, right? Yes. Our girls retreat, our high school girls retreat at the church uh, I volunteer awesome. in, and it's fun. I used to run it, it as a staff member, and now I get to go on it as a volunteer, which is so much fun. So good. So good. Yeah. Love it. Well, hey, friends, before we jump into today's episode, please take a moment and be sure to subscribe uh, to the podcast on whatever podcast platform you uh, listen on. And uh, if you could re- leave a review, it really does help get the word out. So thanks for that. Uh, it really does help. Uh, Jennifer, uh, let's jump into this thing. I'm super excited about today's episode because we have a special guest. And uh, this uh, special guest is a guy who, I, I kid you not, he's been, since I have been involved in youth ministry, he has it, had influence in uh, the way I do youth ministry, um, which I'm not going to make a joke about the fact that, that and that's a long time, Walt. Uh, but right. the fact is, you is said, you is. said 30 that's years, you've been doing it over 30 years. That's nothing, right? I mean, that's, that's how old I am. <laughs> Uh, well, this is Walt Mueller from the Sarah, uh, the Center for Parent and Youth Understanding. Walt, thank you for taking time from all the way up there in Pennsylvania to join us here on our Youth Ministry Hey, it's podcast. a pleasure. So when you think about volunteers, Walt, um, I, I want to talk about Center for Parent and Youth Understanding, of course, but my, my guess is you have a special place in your heart for volunteers like most people that work with youth yeah, ministry. Folks. Yeah, well, so when I was in a local church doing youth ministry before we got started with uh, Center for Parent Youth Understanding, it was the volunteers who really did the, you know, I mean, they were the ones who were boots on the ground, doing the great work in ministry. Kids love volunteers. And one thing I would say, you know, whenever, whenever I hear volunteers, so Jennifer, you're a volunteer now. Um, yes. Hopefully you'll, you'll hear this. You know, when I when I'm with youth workers and I say, you know, so what are you doing in youth ministry? Volunteers typically start by saying, well, I'm just a volunteer. And I always Mm. interject, do not say that. Just a volunteer is, I mean, don't think of yourself as anything less. Uh, Youth ministry would not happen without you. And and I'm going to guess that, you know, most students, when when they're asked about who had the greatest influence on your life when you were in middle school and high school, when you were growing up, they're going to mention a volunteer. Um, you know, outside of mom and dad, they're going to ven- mention a volunteer. And and I'm as as someone who has been, you know, the quote unquote professional, vocational, paid youth pastor who typically gets paid less than a volunteers. Um, you know, it, I I would say I am so grateful for volunteers. It's fine when when a student says, "Well, it's the volunteer, not you," and and I'm happy for that. So, I mean, I could tell you story after story, and as you guys could too, um, just about volunteers. So, don't say I'm just a volunteer. I'm not yeah. just a volunteer, guys. I, I yeah, that's it. What's that? What'd you say? I said I'm not just a volunteer. Going no, 2024 so with new more. confidence. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, Walt, I invited you. Um, of course, listen, uh, you've had a, you have really genuinely uh, had a lot of influence, just the ministry that you do in terms of keeping up with youth culture there. Um, in a minute, just speak to what y'all do there, but also um, you can talk about what we brought you on for, which is really I'm hoping that we can talk about two things. Uh, one, my hope is that you could take a minute with the volunteers that we have listening and just share a few things that you feel like from a current trend standpoint, from a culture standpoint, that as volunteers going into 2024, that they ought to be aware of that they probably need to be paying attention yeah. to. So just a few things that are kind of current on your mind. But then also I think it would be helpful if you could speak to, as a volunteer, uh, how can I uh, keep up on this stuff without spending all right. of my time having to read articles and all of my time you know, right. watching, you know, vlogs or listening to podcasts, yeah. um, you know, like what are some things? So that's what I'd love for us to talk about. But if you could start with just kind of giving us a little bit of uh, highlight Center for Parent Youth Understanding. And I know you're going to speak towards the end on how that can help folks. But uh, I think yeah, yeah. So so we exist here uh, to really serve folks like youth, youth workers and parents. That's why we exist to help them understand what's happening in the culture. Keep uh, We're working to keep our finger on the pulse of what's happening in the culture because I think all your volunteers need to see themselves as cross-cultural missionaries. Whether you're a volunteer who graduated from high school 50 years ago, which uh, we're in, well, let's see, we're in 2024. My 50th year reunion is coming up this year. Oh, yeah, I won't go. be there. I won't be there. I haven't gone to any of the reunions <laughs> because everyone's still doing what they still did in high school from my high school. So it's kind of <laughs> so why start now? Right, exactly, I mean, exactly. The They're all going to be out smoking. <laughs> You've avoided the peer pressure. Yeah, up yeah exactly. Yeah, I don't want to have to feel that again. But um, you know, so whether you graduated from high school 50 years ago or five years ago, or even you know two or three years ago, if you go back to the high school campus where you went to high school you are going to walk through a different world. It may smell the same, sound the same, uh, look the same, but when you start to dig into what's happening in the students' lives, it's a different culture. So that's why we exist. We want to help you understand what's happening. And it is, I will say this, it's, it's overwhelming to try to keep up with it. When we started this 35 years ago, you know, we could, we could watch MTV, uh, we could read a handful of magazines. There were a few things we'd watch on t television. We'd survey the students in terms of what they're listening to and what they're watching. And it was fairly, you know, there was a lot of overlap. It was, uh, overlap. It was very uh, common. Everybody was engaged with the same things. It's different now. And, and that's what I want to say to the volunteers, you know, don't get overwhelmed by how much is out there. Um, you know, take the time to know what your students are listening to, what they're watching, what they're listening to, and ask questions about that. And take the time to listen, watch, um, ask them lots of questions as well. There's just way too much out there for everybody to keep up with. We can't keep up with it. And it's so diverse because of the Internet now. However, um, you know, I don't know if I'd say the good news, but the, the reality is that there are some larger movements beneath the surface of what kids are individually involved in that really overlap all kids, no matter where they live globally. So uh, do you want me to mention some of those things, Chris? Is that? Yeah. To hear, yeah. Just yeah. So yeah, um, just real quickly, uh, you know, off the top of my head, um, certain trends that I always will tell people about. One is like right now, the identity question is huge. Uh, kids are trying to figure out who they are. The cult, the, the, the traditional institutions that um, over time, traditionally nurtured kids into an understanding of what it means to be human, 
which in many ways used to agree, and the church was a leader in that years and years and years ago. Um, and of course, the culture didn't always agree, but you know there was a common, common, you know, sort of a common understanding of what it meant to be human or what it meant to embrace who you are as a human being. And now that's changed, and so the identity, the search for identity, which is primary in a child and a teenager's life, um, is now. It's kids are trying to figure it out on their own, and they're being encouraged to lean into their feelings and whatever they feel at any given moment in time. That's who they are, so lean into it. And certainly, you know, we know how that works itself out in matters of sexuality and gender right now. Uh, and it's all very confusing because I, I don't know what your life was like, what you, you two were like when you were teenagers. All I can speak to is my own experience. And that was, I was completely confused about who I was. And I needed people to speak into my life to tell me who I was. And in today's world, you know, volunteers just know that your students are seeking to figure out an answer to the question, who am I? And as volunteers in youth ministry, what we need to point them to are the answers that we find in Scripture. First and foremost, that they have been made, created by a God who loves them and cares deeply for them. Mm. He's made them in his image, and there's so much wrapped up in that. They have dignity, value, and worth. All human beings, dignity, value, and worth because of that. And in a world where so many kids are led to feel just worthless, you know, worth nothing, that's a big message. But for those who are in Christ and those that we're endeavoring to to uh, share the good news of the gospel with, we need to help them understand that once they are in Christ, they're now this new identity, this new birth, that they are adopted sons and daughters uh, of God. And when God looks at us, what he sees is not our sin or our shame, but rather um, what he sees is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So that's freeing and liberating, but please understand that the identity question is front and center, which would lead me to, uh, to t- two other trends you need to keep up with. One would be just how things have changed uh, with the advent of social media. Uh, that has just changed everything. And, and you'll often hear when people cite statistics on teenagers and major changes in their world, they'll point back to the year 2007 as the time when everything changed. It doesn't matter what you're talking about. And then, you know, what you have to realize is, well, that's when the iPhone came out. That's when the smartphone came out. Mm -hmm. And we've got a generation of kids who have no idea what it was like to grow up when we grew up or when I grew up without that, just in terms of relationships, in terms of communication, in terms of, you know, the ability we have to really power down and just be alone. Um, You know, it's I'll share this. We we. I did some speaking at a—I'm working with a local Christian school here in Pennsylvania, and I was in there about a year ago to speak about social media and technology. And before I got up, one of the administrators stood up and she said, you know, hey, before Walt comes up, just something about what it's done to our kids and why we need to be aware of it. She said, my—I have two kids, 17 and 14, a son and a daughter. And in our family, you're not allowed to get a smartphone till you turn 15. So we're at dinner the other night. And my 14, almost 15-year-old daughter says, I can't wait for my birthday because everything's going to be made new for me. I get to get my smartphone. The 17-year-old brother turned and very seriously, he held up his phone and he said, don't do it. Do not do it. I got this when I was 15 and my life has been miserable and more anxious than ever over the last two years. And so, you know, anxiety is off the charts, the mental health issues um, there's so much wrapped up in that. And so I, the, the thing I want to encourage the volunteers with is, 
you know, a lot of times you feel like the, the cultural realities out there are just so powerful. Why would a kid ever listen to me? Why would a kid ever want to spend time with me? And the reality is, and I say this all the time, that your relationships with kids, they, they, uh, they, they trump, I'll use the word trump, all right, uh, non-political way. They trump all that other stuff. Um, it overshadows everything else because that's what they're made for. And kids are more lonely than ever, and, which is a, a sad, sad irony because we have more tools at our fingertips to be able to connect. So that's the power of your relationship. And in the context of that, you can talk about the identity issue. I'd also say, and and Chris, you're aware of this because you were just at our symposium on sexuality yeah. and gender yeah. uh, that CPYU does. And um, the sexuality and gender conversation is off the charts. And it is completely up for grabs. And this is where, for volunteers, I would say, know the cultural narrative, which is basically you can be anything, do anything you want. It's entirely up to you. Uh, but know the biblical, the biblical narrative as well, that um, God is the creator of sex. So he has an order and design. And that order and design, when we live into it, leads to our freedom and flourishing sex- sexually and gender-wise. And so Know that, you know, take time to know that order and design, you know, what is God's plan for sex and gender? And don't be afraid to communicate that to our kids. I think sometimes we just try to be nice and we don't want to rattle kids. And it's important for us to tell the truth. I mean, that's the way we love students. If they're going down a road that is a dangerous road that is taking them away from the truths of God's word and what it means to be a follower of Christ, we want to do everything in our power to you know, see them come back. I know that as a dad. You you two know that as parents as well. We do that with our own kids. And so love them enough to tell them the truth on that. So, you know, those would be some of the big things. And narcissism, I'll, I'll mention that lastly. Um, you know, just as self-love and putting yourself first. We live in a world mm. where from the time they're born, they're being catechized and nurtured by the culture into believing that they are sovereign over themselves. And this runs completely counter to, you know, God's order and design where he is sovereign over all creation and all of us. And so, yeah, look, I, I, I mean, I would be terrified to, um, you know, trust my own, <laughs> my own sovereignty and my own sense of yeah. things. I mean, where would I be without the Lord and his word? And so, um, you know, be aware of that too. And 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 let me just say, you know, always ask kids questions. Um, you know, we want quickly. I know as a dad, if my kids bring something up, or my grandkids now bring something up, where uh, they've got a question and I have an answer, uh, I think it's important to listen first and hear exactly what they're saying. You know, how did you come to your conclusions? Ask them that. Tell me your story. Um, who told you that? Those are the kinds of questions we need to ask. And from there, once we've listened, we now have the relational capital uh, to speak truth into their lives. But make sure you get all the information right. I think it's important. Like one of the things Wendy and I stumbled on on accidentally one time, and it came out of a moment of frustration with my son where I looked at him and I said, Dylan, you need to understand something. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I just told him straight up. I said, I'm I'm trying my best, but I've never parented a 15-year-old before. Like, you're the first I'm going, you know, so I'm having to learn this thing. But in that, though, it allowed me to ask those questions and follow up like what you're saying. It allowed me to have those conversations and say, but let's talk through this. And that was super helpful for us. Um, well, I, let's, let's, so you just 
dropped several things on us. And I want to hear from Jennifer's perspective as well from a girl's ministry perspective. But um, I think it's interesting. You started with identity and then you go to social media, cell phone, you know, impact and all of that. And then it leads to the issues with sexuality. It's interesting to me that all of those things are connected. Um, and it all, t- it all ties back to attack on identity and, and the yeah. fact that we're made in God's image. And, and, but I think what's, important to pull out of that is the importance of having relationships with teenagers and the fact that they really do long for that. Mm-hmm. They really will respond well to having someone in their life that's willing to build a relationship, a relationship with them. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even Chris, listening to the story that you just told about, you know, your son, what, what you did in that relationship was you were just authentic in your identity. Hey, I'm, I'm oh, not sure. the Lord. I'm not sovereign over all things. I don't know yeah. everything. I'm learning this alongside you. And I think our teenagers want that. They want. He's married by the way now. And I still use that line from time to time. Dude, I've never, I've, I've never, never parented, parented a kid that's married. Hey, hey, it never <laughs> ends. I'm just telling you, parenting never ends. <laughs> yeah, but real. again, you know, if we want our students to learn, I love how you simplified it at the beginning Walt, with, Hey, out of all of these trends, especially as a volunteer, I know, you know, when I was working full time in student ministry, it was easy for me to keep up with these trends. Now that I'm volunteering in it, all of a sudden I can open my eyes and think, oh, I've missed all of this new stuff that's happening with teenagers. But going back to the heart of it, it, it looks different ways. And, and culturally, teenagers, I mean, they grow up quick. And so they are different people. But these root issues are still the same where we want to be authentic in our relationship with them so that then they can learn, hey, who am I and who is this God that wants this authentic relationship with me? Yeah. And I, I was going to say, you know, in response to Chris, and, and, and this piggybacks on what you just said, Jennifer, you know, what, what Chris was was doing there with his son was he was being vulnerable. And, right. and we don't do, you know, volunteers need to hear this. We don't do our students any favors if we come in thinking that the best way to disciple a young person is to be the perfect model of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ, especially when that means we cover up, you know, the little nooks and crannies of our own life where we're imperfect or we're still developing. Because what we do, what we do when we do that, we do a disservice because we, number one, we're not being honest, right? That we're sinful, right. broken right. people as well, and we struggle. Yeah. But it sets right. the bar so doggone high that, you know, kids are going, ah, I want to be like Chris, I want to be like Jennifer, and those, oh, those guys are perfect, you know? Um, and they'll never reach it. And, and you know, if it, it's like when I was, you know, in high school, we we do, I don't know if kids still do this, and there were crazy things they made us do in gym class that we don't, nobody does anymore because they were deadly in so many ways. But, you know, I think about like, um, you know, like doing a high jump. We, we used to do the high jump. And uh, I, I was on the track team. I threw the javelin, threw the shot put, you know, that kind of thing. But the high jump was not my thing. And we had to do it in gym class. I never did it at track practice. I'd watch the high jumpers. I, I could never hit what they hit. And you could tell me, try, 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 keep trying. I, and, you know, I would eventually give up. And so I, I think that if we set the bar too high, our, our kids will feel like they never reach it. And that's where vulnerability is important. And that's where I think, you know, we don't have to tell them all our dirty laundry, but we can talk about our struggles. We can talk about our brokenness. We can talk about the way the Lord has has moved into that. So, you know, Jennifer, I'm thinking about you working, you know, with the female students, and I think about issues of identity and sexuality and what social media does. Just think about, you know, body dysmorphia, disordered oh, yeah. eating. Um, 
you know, people have heard me say, tell this story before countless times that I never heard the word anorexia nervosa till I was a senior in college. And when I heard it, I had to ask the question, what's that? All your middle right. school girls, they know what this is. They know what bulimia is. They know, and, and not only do they know it because they've heard about it, they, so many of them know it because they feel it at some level. And this is where a volunteer can step in and just know that these kids are being pummeled with messages which, which undermine their well-being and constantly are telling them and consistently telling them, you are less than, you'll never measure up. And I think if we just enter into their worlds and, and love them and let them know, um, you know, you are valuable, you are worthwhile in God's eyes and in my eyes as well. And it, yeah, so, yeah, and, and I think, you know, I look, I, I, I think some, I, we have to understand it because the, the older we get, you know, I, I joke that, you know, I finally got to the point where on appearance issues and things like that, I finally just threw up my arms and gave up. I mean, there's no fixing this, right? So, um, but kids are not there, man. They just, you know, they can't, they're not at that point. They're years and years and years away from that. And they're growing up in a cultural soup that is hammering them in ways that I was never hammered and you two were never hammered. Um, and so I think about our girls with that, um, yeah, there's so many implications to this. This is where volunteers in the lives of our girls. God bless you folks who are doing that. Um, you know, just to just to walk through life with them as they're getting hammered 24 uh, seven. Well, and I think too, like you, know, you talk about the influence of social media and and with girls as you're talking about. Even 10 years ago in student ministry, it was a comparison between your friends. Yeah. And you see your friends on social media now. All the influencers. Yeah. And so now it's yes. not even people oh. that you know, but these influencers that are telling, you know, the seventh grade girl that she's not enough. And she's comparing herself to not just the other seventh grade girls, but to these, yeah. know, these people that she'll never meet. Before. Yeah, there's this, never meet them. this great quote from Teddy Roosevelt. I'm not a historian, so this is the only thing I know about Teddy Roosevelt other than wearing glasses <laughs> and riding a horse, right? Um, but he had this great quote. It was, comparison is the thief of joy. Yes, yes. And I remember Brandon, Brennan Manning... You know, ragamuffin gospel. Yes. Brennan Manning saying, uh, "Don't compare your insides to everybody else's outsides. Don't compare your insides to." Ev- and that was before social media, but yeah, that's, I yeah, I mean that is social because media. it's you know as Jennifer you're comparing, said, you're comparing your life to everybody else's. Yeah, highlights. there's nothing right, new. Right. There's nothing new under the sun. It's just new ways and amplified ways uh, that's right. blowing this stuff up even more and making it that much harder for our kids. For sure. Well, while this is all incredible stuff here, right? So if I'm a volunteer, though, I might be sitting here thinking maybe maybe some of this is new to me. Maybe there's a little bit of an interest here now. I'm like, man, how could I, I – I'm not – I'm a mom. I'm a dad. I've got all these things going on. Plus, I'm trying to volunteer and give my best to these students. How can I keep up with culture – without going all yeah. in and having to spend yeah. all of my time reading and listening to like in center for parent, you've, you've got some things that y'all do that will help with that, but you could also just yeah. give a few general tips on how to keep up with culture. How yeah. Do do well, that? I think, you know, the big, I mean, we track obviously here, we track with the research that's coming out. A lot of the studies, we have certain places we go, we have trusted places we go. Um, you know, I would invite people to, to, we don't hit everything obviously, but uh, you can trust us to be a clearinghouse for that. So on our website, cpyu.org, we're constantly posting news, um, you know, on research and some of the other things, as well as 
uh, resources to help you respond to what's happening. But I think with your like your question specifically beyond what we do here at CPYU, if if you just in your two things in your normal daily comings and goings, um, keep your eyes and your ears open. And I would say things like, you know, as you're driving, look at billboards and understand that marketing sells does more than sell product. It sells a worldview. What are the worldviews? What are the assumptions that ad's making about, you know, human beings? How are they telling us the world is? You know, television commercials, television shows. Um, if you read the newspaper or go somewhere online to get your news, um, and try to find a trustworthy place. I, I, you know, it's there's not many places like that anymore. But, um, you know, to track with some of that stuff, um, so that's helpful. I, I would say as well, um, ask your students. Like, so if you're a volunteer and you have a group of four to six students, let's say, or you're really working in depth with just a couple of students, survey them. All right. So maybe you're maybe you're. Um, your head of youth staff, you know, your youth pastor could survey the entire group and get a sense, you know, what are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you watching? And come up with some of that and then take some time to read it, listen to it, watch it, perhaps do that in community where volunteers divide it up. You know, here's what we're seeing. Here's what we're hearing. Um, But with your individual students, you know, if you've got a student who's really struggling in life, Find out what voices are speaking from the culture, what voices are speaking into their lives, whether it's text or images or music or film or whatever. And, you know, take some time to look at that and and listen to it, watch it, read it, and then talk with your students about it. On the one hand, it's going to open your eyes to what is influencing them. But on the other hand, now you can turn around and and not only respond with the gospel, but teach your kids how to watch and listen what we say critically and Christianly rather than just going to something and consuming it and letting it wash over me and, you know, shape who I am and how I think about my identity and think about life, you know, manage it, teach them to manage it rather than allowing it to manage them. So I think just, you know, listening in your normal comings and goings, Hey, when you're in the car once a week, listen to what they're listening to rather than what you want to listen to or, you know, if they're listening to podcasts or, you know, who the, who are the celebrity influencers, try to track, you know, with some of that. And so you'll see and hear what the messages are. And that's just a great way to stay in touch. You don't have to do everything. You know, please remember that your relationships with your students speak louder than all of that stuff combined. But be aware that sound travels slowly. Uh, what you tell them now, it may not bear fruit, take root and grow until 15, 20 years down the road. You may not see it now. Don't be frustrated by that. Don't be frustrated by yeah, that. That's a good encouragement. Well, Walt, this has been tremendously helpful. Thank you for giving some of your time. And friends that are listening, I can't recommend enough the cpyu.org. Uh, Walt's got a couple podcast options that are out there, some uh, some daily quick uh, things that you can listen to as well. They're like a minute long that are just little uh, just little quick nuggets of truth there. There's a parent newsletter that you do also. All of that can be found at cpyu.org. And Walt, again, thank you uh, for spending time. Thanks, with Chris. Today. Thanks, and, Jennifer. Uh, this has been awesome. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you. Well, hey, friends, that does it for today's episode. And listen, um, 
I want to make sure that I mentioned, if you ever wanted to connect with other youth ministry volunteers and and youth pastors and bivocational youth pastors, people that love teenagers, we've got a Facebook group that we've started to talk about here on the podcast. And it's the the student ministry Facebook group, student ministry network Facebook group. And uh, you're welcome to join that. We would love to have you in that group. Uh, Just to be real transparent, it's a group that I'm pretty – uh, I'm one of the moderators, and and we're not really going to put up with a lot of uh, crazy folks on there in terms of like that. If you're wanting to debate theology, that's not the, the this is not the Facebook group for you. Uh, but if you're wanting to come on and ask for help on how to best reach teenagers, uh, our Georgia Student Ministry Facebook group, we would love to have you. You can reach that by go to by going to studentministrynetwork.com, studentministrynetwork.com, and there's a link on that page uh, to join that, and uh, we would definitely. Uh, love to have you. So uh, yeah, that was, and, and don't forget before you, uh, man, it, before you end this thing, hit that subscribe button and uh, leave a review. That'd be awesome. Hey, and make sure that you join us. Our next episode coming up is episode thirty-five. Yeah. And Chris, this is my favorite topic. We're talking about girls' ministry earlier. Let's. Go. Why are teenagers not just girls, but why are teenagers so anxious? Yes. And then you, as a volunteer, are so overwhelmed with their anxiety. What do we do with that? How do we help them? How do we process those things? And so we're going to be talking about that on our next episode. I'm excited for it. We want to make sure before you leave that we just give a shout out to the Georgia Baptist Mission Board. Thanks for allowing us to provide this resource. And really a huge thanks to the churches that give to our cooperative program. We are just so thankful for all that you do. Hey, and if you need anything, you can definitely find us at studentministrynetwork.com. We're on there. Jennifer and I both are on social media as well. You can find us there. We will see you next time on the Youth Ministry Podcast for Volunteers. (music) 